This is the Quagmire Podcast, episode 006, brought to you by the Olive Garden. Hey folks, go to an Olive Garden. This is a very special episode featuring a never-before-heard interview with Andy Partridge of XTC from 1984, plus AWF covering XTC in 1982. Please review this on iTunes. I'm serious. Go to iTunes right now and rate or review this. It's super easy, and lets my computer heart to know that you are alive. Follow us on Twitter at Quagmire Records. Okay, here we go. Enjoy, motherfuckers. Bands called the Western Front. With guest star Paul Williams. Okay, we'll do one more. Bass player. There is no muscle in our tongues. 
Okay, great. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Hold ready on. Roll. Hold on. Okay. Tim? Yeah. Okay, here he is. Okay. Hold on. Very kind. Thank you. Tim? Andy. Okay, just hang on one second. Sure. Okay, hang on a minute, Tim. Sorry about this. That's okay. Tim? Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay, Rosemary. Hello, Tim. Hello. Sorry to make you wait there. That's all right. So, how you doing? Okay, I'm in a, I'm just going to move, so I'm in a, an enormous office here. Oh, yeah? And uh, they, they've moved me, I've, I'm, I've gone from a, a sort of executive desk that you can't see the other side of, mm -hmm. and I'm now in a, in a sort of a chair, like a marshmallow, that, that's in danger of swallowing me whole. Are they kind of demoting you, or...? <laughs> well, I, I just, I've done a, I did a sort of strict, a strict kind of um, boardroom meeting type interview across the table, so now I'll do a more relaxed one. <laughs> In the marshmallow chair. That's right, yeah, I'm going for a different atmosphere. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so anyway, well listen, uh, I was hoping maybe for this we could uh, go a little bit over the background and then um, get right to the new album and talk about that. Okay, anything you want, yeah. Groovy, sounds good. Um, well, why don't we just start from the beginning? Why don't you tell me? A very good place. To I know. Start. <laughs> How boring. Uh, what would you like to know? About well, the well, how far back do you want to go? I'd I'd be curious to hear about your origins musically, because I've hardly ever heard anything about you know why you started playing guitar or anything. Oh. A bit of the real like even back to your parents' days. <laughs> oh, it's really it's really dead dead dull. I mean. Well, well I mean, my my parents, especially my mother, was no influence on me whatsoever. I mean, people are supposed to say, yeah, my mother was great, she helped me along and all this. Yeah. But I mean, my mother used to, my mother used to turn off the electricity. <laughs> Just to stop you from playing? Just to stop me from making that horrible noise. My she'd, she'd turn off the electricity. People would turn up at the house to, to play with me, you mm -hmm. know, musically. And she'd deny I was in. <laughs> she'd lie. Uh, and things like that. I mean, <laughs> my mother did everything to stop me playing the guitar. <laughs> and now, now she probably still wishes that she had. Yeah, she, she's wondered where she's failed. <laughs> but, uh, so I can't really say my mother was an influence. She did everything to de-influence me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, attempted to cut my hair off in the middle of the night and stuff like this when I'm asleep, everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, apart from that, apart from that very early attack, on my potential future career. Um, <laughs> I suppose my father was more uh, quite initial in me starting to play the guitar because he always used to be able to play a few chords mm -hmm. and just out of habit, because he used to have one in the Navy, uh, when he came home and stopped being in the Navy, he'd just stick his guitar behind the settee, you know, behind the sofa. Uh -huh. And he used to gather dust there and, and occasionally I'd look at it and I'd think, it's something I can mess about with, you know. Mm -hmm. and it, it was just like a, a doodle thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the, the early 60s, what with the Beatles and stuff like that, and, and groups in general, I thought, great, this is really exciting, and I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. And I used to, uh, <coughs> it, it, senior school, secondary school, whatever, mm -hmm. um, about 13 or 14, during English lessons, they used to like, encourage you to write stories, and I think one of them was about what you'll be doing potentially in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, they gave you a future date. I forget what the date was. And um, and I wrote this thing where I described in as much detail as I'd gathered of the music world what it must have been like to be a sort of a pop performer, a pop uh -huh. guitarist. Yeah. And uh, I wrote this very fanciful thing. <laughs> and strangely enough, you know, I mean, it, it's, it was quite... Uh, I didn't know it, but it turned out to be quite... Yeah, wow. Uh, Do you still have the story? No, no, I, I remember because I, I drew a picture with it as well because they encouraged mm -hmm. you to draw mm -hmm. pictures w alongside these stories that you run. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I look vaguely like Peter Tork in this picture. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was crazy on the monkeys. I had all the clothes, you know, I had a double-breasted shirt yeah, yeah. and the hipsters with the belt that you buckled up on the side. Yeah. I was a really groovy, uh, whatever year old, 13. double-breasted shirt and the well, guitar. That's right, and my hair combed as much possible like Peter Tork. Oh, you must, been, you must have done great. 
Well, I look, I look pretty cool, if nothing else, because I couldn't <laughs> actually play the guitar. Uh-huh. Was, you know, that was secondary. <laughs> um, well, for a lot of the groups it was, too. That's right, uh, certainly for the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I started actually getting, as the 60s got into the late 60s, I started to think, well, maybe I should actually you know, learn to play it. <laughs> I, I'd try and copy records. Uh, I was too ignorant to go to lessons. Would not let anyone tell me how to do it. <laughs> and so I just, I, I was very slow at learning because I had to pick up bits and pieces from records, you know, usually one or two note things. Uh, and then it, by the early 70s, I got reasonable. And um, I started wanting to be in groups. And I was in hundreds of groups that like either rehearsed and never played at all. I mean, the most important thing was to look good and have a great name, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and I, I formed a group, a very loose kind of vaguely, I suppose you'd call it sort of vaguely hippie philosophy of, you know, it didn't matter how many members, it was a sort of expansive thing. Kind of a communal thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was called Star Park. Uh-huh. Uh, that was in, like, very early 70s. Uh-huh. And I, I got some, I bought a little amplifier. I actually stole my first electric guitar. How's about that for rock and roll? rock and roll lifestyle <laughs> it all started even back then <laughs> I actually stole it from a youth club because I, I twang on my dad's acoustic guitar and it, no it didn't sound like the records that I had <laughs> uh, so I went to a youth club and they had a, a guitar it was a disgusting guitar the neck was so thick <laughs> on this guitar it was like um, it was like a sort of a brick wall with uh-huh. strings and it was bright red and it had a little 5 watt amplifier and it made the most awful noise like a you know, like, I don't know, somebody shoving a, <laughs> somebody shoving a Koto in a blender. <laughs> uh, but I, I stole this guitar and, and the amplifier and I snuck it home, brought it home. Uh-huh. And I had it at home for some months. What did your parents think? Well, they thought, he's got a guitar. And I told them they gave it to me <laughs> at the youth club. And uh, <clears throat> this is more or less where the electricity turning off thing started. You know. <laughs> The dissuasion started. Yeah. And um, I, I, I got a guilt complex and I snuck it back after a few months. But uh, that was my first electric guitar. In <laughs> any case, the, the Star Park uh, was undenied a bit. And then I met Colin and Terry uh-huh. uh, in a bar and we were all stone drunk, you know, stone drunk teenagers. <laughs> and uh, Colin said, "You, somebody told me you play guitar and, you know, I play bass and let's all be in a group and be rich and famous, basically. about 73 or 4 maybe? Yeah, 73. Uh-huh. We were just crazy on the New York Dolls, the Stooges, uh-huh. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Anything like that. The Pink Fairies in England. Yeah, yeah. Anything kind of over-the-top glam outrage. Yeah. So we wanted to do that. So we we uh, went the whole hog, you know. I'm talking gold fur trousers now with a tiger skin tail. Uh-huh. Glitter boots that are like five feet high. That's right, with sandwiches of different colors. <laughs> I'm talking of a, a penis-shaped uh, pocket made in studs. Exactly. Down my trousers. I'm talking about lipstick and bouffant. <laughs> the lot. I mean, we were just over the top. Uh, and um, we got ourselves together to do some gigs. And people would just walk out by, you know, by the hundred. Because uh-huh. they'd, oh my God, because we were really awful. And we just get stone drunk and turn up to, to number 10 and just... That's kind of what the dolls did too, though. Well, yeah, I mean, they were our heroes. Whatever they did was fine by us. But we were, we were too snotty to play cover versions, so we used to write surrogate dolls tunes. Yeah, yeah. Instead of doing Jet Boy, I wrote one called Jet Shoes, <laughs> which was in praise of platform heel boots. <laughs> which was, yeah, we were just too snotty to do... What any, a concept. Yeah, we were just too snotty to do anybody else's songs. Yeah. So we used to write surrogate versions. Uh-huh. Um, and this, well, this went on for a while and the glam thing kind of died down and we got very lost for an image and we felt very directionless and around about 75 I said look you know I've decided that the thing that I really like most is like pop music from when I was a kid and three minute songs you know and, and it's got to be fast and fun and, and trim it down to three minutes mm-hmm. so this came up with a, a big thing I had all my hair cut off I said to the band look 
I think we should have a conglomerate image. So around about 75, we changed our name to XTC, which I thought was great, a little shorthand way yeah. of writing ecstasy. It was, it was a sharp name. It had sort of sharp connotations and fast and fun uh-huh. and, and euphoric, you know. Yeah. And I got the band dressed in boiler suits. <laughs> uh, big black boiler suits, very baggy, with a with a belt in the middle, and we had huge Chinese characters drawn all over them and things. Uh-huh. And we looked pretty fast. I mean, we looked sort of pre-Devo Devo. That sounds pretty different for '75. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but we still couldn't get too many gigs, and we uh, we made some demo tapes, and a few people came and went in the band. It stayed basically the same. Myself, Colin, and Terry. Yeah. And then Barry joined. Uh-huh. Uh What would that be about '76 or? That would have been the very start of '77. Oh, uh-huh. In fact, Barry was with us a week when we did a demo session for CBS. Wow. Um, and then we started getting some gigs in London, and, uh, and 77 began to take momentum in any case. So people thought, well, I'll listen to them, I'll give them a chance, because they're different too. Mm-hmm. So really, 77 happened parallel to us, and people gave us a chance, because we were different, and everything in 77 was different, so yeah. that was all right. Yeah, yeah. What was the, uh, the club scene like happening around then? Violent, yeah. very. I mean, it was it was show violence though. It wasn't real. It was kind of, you know, we'd play in places like the Roxy and the Red Cow, and and there'd be all these kind of big show fights and people acting show aggression. And uh, I mean, us being from a, like, a little country town, this was really frightening. Yeah. Um, Were you guys living in London or? No, we just used to sort of, uh, sleep on people's floors or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we ever got paid anything, we did a gig at the Marquee. Uh-huh. And we were supposed to be paid five pounds. Uh-huh. And we never even got that, and it cost us like something like ten pounds in petrol to get there to do it. And we were <laughs> sleeping on somebody's floor. So what we did was we stole some equipment from the Marquis, <laughs> and they had a they had a Leslie cabinet for an organ, uh-huh. and we we took it, and at the end of the night we put it in our van. <laughs> to the fact that we couldn't even get in properly, and we were hanging out of this van with this stolen Leslie cabinet. And in the morning when we sobered up, <laughs> uh, and we went and snuck it back to the. Our guilt gets the better of us. We snuck it back to the marquee, and we were creeping around the back of the marquee. The milkman was like leaving 20 bottles of milk, <laughs> and it was us depositing this piece of stolen equipment back You're on the door. Like we were delivering gear or something, <laughs> you know, like 6 o'clock in the morning. Incredible. But the, the early gigs were, were pretty panicky. Good, yeah. great, really sweaty, good fun. Yeah. And of course it was great, because we were brand new to, to most people. Yeah, and uh, and they were willing to take anything brand new for the first time in years. Yeah, that's true. Wish they would now. <laughs> mm, right? It needs another bomb. Yeah, it really another does. A musical bomb, right? Now. That's for sure. But what not the same way. Something <coughs> different. No, it couldn't be the same. It would be pointless. Mm. What about um, as far as like some of the other groups, were you guys hanging out or with any of the people that were just coming up then? Squeeze. Uh, no, not really. We felt very out on a limb. Really? You uh, guys are pretty much on your own? Yeah, because we came. We didn't come from London. We came from Swindon, which right. is 80 miles out on the west. And it was a, it's, a, it's one of those joke towns. Yeah. It's like saying Akron or, right. I don't know, you know, some sort of place that you say it and most people in the rest of the country laugh. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, it was a bit tricky because uh, most of the people in London kind of belong to this club, if you see what I mean. The London clique type yeah, thing. Yeah, and we didn't. So we were, you know, we didn't go to parties or <coughs> to any sort of hang out at clubs. It was difficult, you know, people would take the piss out of the way we spoke and all that. Uh-huh. So we did feel like outsiders. But that still didn't, you know, that didn't mean that when we played on the stage, people could still connect with us. Right, know? right. You're just talking about as far as, like, clicking with the, the scenes. Yeah, there was, there, was no, there was no other sort of rapport with any other groups because right. we were decidedly out on the limb. Yeah. Um, so what about like the first two albums? How was that making those for you guys? Uh, well, I mean, the first album, those songs have been around, some of them, from 1973. Yeah. Almost, in a reshaped form. I mean, they'd got, they'd got more in control. Because, I mean, we were doing things like Neon Shufflers, the Helium Kids, except uh-huh. it was about half that speed and it was exceedingly out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> very loud. I'd love to hear a version of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got some tapes of some demos. That'd be that. hilarious. Um, but, uh... <clears throat> I mean, most of them came, started coming. We had a backlog of about 100 songs mm-hmm. from 1975 up to making the album in 77. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just picked like a dozen that seemed to be sort of up to the minute. Yeah. Relevant to, to what we were doing on stage. 
stage most. And then sped them up really fast. Well, no, they, they didn't change because they'd slowly evolved from 77 ah, into, into that. Right. Uh, from 75 into what they were by the time 77 happened. Yeah. So they were pretty much the same, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your guitar style. Mm. Uh, compositionally, and also just as far as your playing and stuff, it's always seemed kind of free form. Like your fingers are just kind of walking over the neck wherever they want to go. Yeah, that's more or less true, because I, I had a strange, my sort of musical records background mm -hmm. uh, is, is very schizophrenic, because I liked a lot of very, what you call very straight pop, like Small Faces, mm -hmm. Stones, Kings, people like that. Mm -hmm. And yet, on the other hand, I had a friend of mine who, uh, he was older than me, and he, he got a lot of records, especially for imports from New York and stuff, avant-garde music yeah and he'd force these things on me and he'd force me to listen to them and I, I rebelled I wouldn't take them first of all but then I started to listen to them more and more and I really got to like it yeah and I, I found it an easy thing to do I found I could be like these exploratory players uh -huh. with my rudimentary knowledge of how to play a guitar right uh -huh. it's a style I could imitate or uh -huh. I could grasp easily um, and, and it sort of went side by side with the desire to learn things like Last Train to Clarksville and uh, and really straight things. Uh -huh. So it was sort of schizophrenic. So it, it's where it's arrived now is, is really a product of the very straight with the very with the very exploratory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's a sort of I suppose it's like the, the fine line between the two. Right. Although I tend to be getting straighter and straighter because my songwriting is getting more I think I'm getting better at writing songs. Yeah. Uh, and I'm... When I f first started, my playing was a lot wilder. Mm -hmm. Not on record. I don't think there's anything on record that's, that's, uh, that's suggestive of how I can play. Yeah, I have some live cuts that where I've heard you do some things, too. And, and I've seen you, too, so... But, uh, well, I mean, like, uh, which song is it? I remember The Sun. There's some pretty interesting little lines in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I really that, that like was, those. I mean, that is near the nearest I've got to playing. Recently, you mean? How I kind of play when I'm on my own. Yeah, yeah. I really like that a lot. Well, I, I'm thinking maybe I should do more of that because people, any little snatches they hear, they say, "Didn't know you could play like that." But that, that is how I play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have to sort of control myself. I mean, things like the the solo in Train Running Low. Right. Is, I mean, I really enjoyed doing that. Uh huh. I really felt exuberant doing that. <laughs> so I mean, that's the way I play, really. But it's not always easy for people to, to accept it. Yeah. Well, you can't put it in every song either. I mean, sure. you know, it's, it's just it's going to fit in where it fits in. Yeah, it's like sort of Derek Bailey or something, you know, jamming yeah. along with the small faces. You know, yeah, it doesn't yeah. always go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll just sit this one out. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, like, if you, in the beginning, like you said, like, I'm not going to play any real scales. I'm going to make up my own or something like that. More or less, because I was a very snotty youth. You know, I just didn't want to take what other people had done because I, I was I was just a snot who, who was too big headed to learn other people's things uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so that that sort of contributed much to that yeah uh, okay um, well let's see let's go ahead a little bit how about say I, I used to I used to secretly imitate all the, the people I liked you know, you know like Jimi Hendrix and, and I'd try and sit down and learn every note he played and get it just like his yeah and then you know try and sound like John McLaughlin or try and sound like Ollie Halston or something. Uh -huh. All these people I really loved and I'd sit and until I could hopefully copy them, you know, off pack. But then again, that was, there wasn't much reward because once you'd done it, that was it. You'd copied it. Yeah. You see what I mean? There's not a lot you can do with it unless you're in a McLaughlin cover band or exactly, something. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which I used to be in. Really? <laughs> Yeah, That's I, interesting. I used to do some things like that, yeah. Did you ever hear that record he made with Tony Williams called Emergency? Um, is that a Williams solo album? Uh, it's Tony Williams' Lifetime. It was the first thing that Lifetime did. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. I've got the first thing Lifetime did with Jack Bruce. No, that's oh. the second album. Oh, okay. The first thing's called Emergency. It was a double. I might not have heard that one then. And it's marvelous. It's, yeah. There's no bass on it. It's just drums, oh. organ, and guitar. And oh. it's so electric. Yeah. It just sends shivers up down your spine. Yeah, he was so raw back then, too. That's right, that's and it right. Was, it was great hearing him be like that. 
I think it was before he discovered fuzz boxes. He just has the amp crank. Really it's loud, yeah. And it's it complaining. Yeah, and it sounds really horrible, but it's great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, if you see that, it was on Polydor. I think the one that I have has some cuts from that, because a couple of the cuts on the album I have doesn't have bass, and it's just a three-piece band playing. Uh, would, the, would one of them be a song called Vashkar? It's very fast, sort of almost like a bebop backing. There's a thing that goes dun dun dun. Okay, wait. Let me see. I got it right here. I haven't listened to this album for so long. Tell me what tracks are on it. Okay, I've got one word, a famous blue Vashkar. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the tracks from Emergency. Yeah, I should listen to this again. It's been so long. Put Vashkar on because it's that's one of the more controlled tracks on Emergency. But there are some very wild uh, kind of it, it sort of takes bebop to a logical electric extension yeah was, yeah I found it really exciting a couple of the tracks on this one he went and did with the Mahavishnu Orchestra too mm. I, I think Jack Bruce was a, a bit of a spoiler for the band if, if you hear Emergency it's yeah it's sort of drunk because England had just beat Scotland at a big football match oh no <laughs> And I didn't know what to say, That's and, and I looked at him, and he looked up at me, and I thought, uh, uh, and I said, uh, did you see the match? And he said, what fucking match? Because <laughs> <laughs> Scotland got really badly beat. <laughs> so it was like a very strange meeting for one of my heroes. Jeez, definitely. I'll, I'll go get you some food, just wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Jack. That's pretty scary. God. Well, anyway. I also got to meet Ollie Halsell, who yeah. was my favorite rock guitarist. Uh-huh. Uh, he played in a band called Pato. Who? Pato. Ah, I don't think I've even heard of them. Oh, you must go and look these albums up. Yeah? Because they have some guitar playing on, on these, on some of these tracks on these. They made two good albums with Pato. The first one was just called Pato and it had a yellow cover. Mm-hmm. And the second one was called Hold Your Fire. And those two albums have got guitar playing on that really do a lot to destroy the reputation of the rock guitar. It's gr- they're great because he plays things that you don't associate with guitar. Uh-huh. He plays like piano runs, yeah, saxophone yeah. runs, yeah, Ooh. and stuff like. And I, it took me hours to figure this stuff out because he does enormous leaps yeah. during his runs and things. And this is the sort of thing you could do easy on a saxophone and a piano, uh-huh. but it's very difficult for a guitar until you get like the t- the trick of how he plays. Yeah. And these, these two albums turned my head upside down. What year were they around? Oh, early 70s. Okay. 71, something like that. Huh, I'll look around. That sounds really good. If you see them, you should get them in junk shops or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, hang on a tick. Sure. So, sorry, hang on a minute, Tim. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you can get hold of these albums, you, you should find them in... Uh, they've been deleted a long time ago. Yeah. But the guitar playing ranges from very straight average rock uh-huh. style to uh, stuff that I just thought shit you shouldn't be able to do that on a guitar. <laughs> yeah and um, he was very underrated and I got to meet him how do you how do you spell the name Ollie no of the group oh Pato P-A-T-T-O P-A-T-T-O okay and they were on Vertigo okay alright they made two good albums they made a couple of really bad ones which he seemed to forget how to play uh-huh. on I mean I knew he was doing lots and lots of drugs and he, he just seemed to forget how to play. But the first two albums have got moments of inspiration that are almost unsurpassed wow. on unsung rock records. Wow, that sounds wild. Once you've heard them, you'll know what I'm saying. There's, yeah. there's uh, a track on one of them called Air Raid Shelter, uh-huh. which is very free. It has little islands of song in it. Uh-huh. And then there are just free things on the guitar mm-hmm. that just take your breath away. Yeah. And there's no tricks, no, no special tones or effects. It's just a man and a guitar. Sure, especially in the early 70s. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot happening anyway. But it's, it's, it's sort of as if uh, it makes you think, like, what, what jazz could be if it, w- if it stopped being snobby. Yeah, yeah. And what rock could be if it stopped being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because... I don't know, just <laughs> all the descriptions you just gave me of him and his playing sounds exactly, it reminds me of what I've heard you do, too. Well, you'll hear a, a big footprint. He, he left a big footprint. In yeah, there. I mean, because, like, I've learned a lot of things that you've done, too, and just off records, and you use a lot of interval leaps, just really long, weird ones, and 
just patterns that really don't exist, but they do now. Mm. Well, I, I, you see, other, most other people's playing bore, bores me. Oh, sure. So I have to think, well, I don't want to bore myself, so what do I want to do with this so I won't go ho-hum after I've played it a few times? Yeah. And yeah. It, you just have to, because a lot of guitar players are lazy. Yeah. They just, their hands just do the same, it's like the same thing all the time. Sure. Well, I mean, that's as far as a lot of people can see anyway. So. Um, you might have a few headaches if you try and work out some of the tracks on this album. On Pato? No, on, on oh, the Big on Express. Like which one specifically? Well, virtually all of them, because they're mostly open tuning. Oh, really? Open E. Oh, yeah, that's usually painful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you used open E a lot, huh? Open E on nearly every track. Oh, wild. Well, I'll have to check that out then. Because once you, once you know that, yeah. it's fairly easy to see what's happening. Yeah, that would have been very painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your hands just don't manage to stretch over two feet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that sort of space. There it's was one immediately that I wanted to learn that I just have to. Which one? Which is Rain of Blows. Oh, it's stupidly simple. It's just, it's, okay, such, it's such a heavy metal song, it's great. You got a guitar on your lap? Uh, yeah, I've got one right here. Go and get guitar on your lap. Okay, got it. Here it is. Got it? Yeah. Uh, tune it up to E. Okay. You mean just the G up to a G sharp? Uh, no, you leave the bottom E. Uh-huh. Uh, then you tune the, the A up to B. Oh, okay. You tune the D up to E. Oh, okay, I see. And then G to G sharp? That's right, and then leave the top two. Got it. Now... <coughs> <laughs> Guitar lessons. <laughs> okay, uh, put your put a bar on the G flat position. Right. Let me hear that. Right. Huh? Now, with your... Can you, do you know the Keith Richards shape? Of... I mean, the the way Keith plays. He's you got mean one that, that, like, a... Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you use the... I use my... Uh, longest finger and next finger, uh, and you put. Um, what do you do? Is you you put your your middle finger, your longest finger, uh -huh. on the G string, right. the next fret up, right, right, and right. then the 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 next longest finger goes on the A string, uh -huh. two frets up. Uh -huh. Let me hear that. Um, okay, from from the bar. Yep. Two frets up from the bar. Yep. And the other one's just one fret up. Yeah. Right. It's a da da, and then open E. Right. So da 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 da. Yeah. Then uh, then G G flat, and then E again. Uh huh. So it goes da 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 da. Oh right right. Something like that. Yes, yeah, so, so it goes. First shape, open E. G flat opening. Uh huh. Da 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 da. Okay, so it's just based on those, pretty much. More or less. Yeah. And uh, the other chord shape in it, which is moved all the way down the neck in tones, uh huh, is um yeah it goes rain or blows that that configuration rain or blows right. cask, uh, rain or uh, I've got to play it in my head, hang on. I've got to do it on my arm. Yeah, you hover in on the G flat for four strokes. Rain off, blows, cascading. And then you move, you put your you put your finger on the F on the bottom. And you put your another finger on the bar of the other five, two frets up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All five of them? Yep. Okay, and my, my other finger's on, like, the first fret? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, on the F, on the bottom F. What would have been an F. Yeah. Oh, it still is, yeah, okay, gotcha. How do you bar that? With difficulty. Oh, I guess so. You have to have, like, some, some weird joints in your fingers. Well, that's the intermediate chord that goes, Rain of blows cascading down. That's, that's sort of very exotic interval. Uh-huh. So what does it go in steps, or...? Uh, well, the, and uh, the other shape that goes down in steps is um, is you, um, you'll have to figure out where it is on the guitar, yeah. but it's, it's it's very easy. You do a straight bar, mm -hmm. and then on the on the the third and fourth strings, the mm -hmm. G and the D, what they would have been. Yeah. You put those down, and then you 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 go from a straight bar to that shape. Da 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 da, that like da 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 da, that shape. Uh, the the one that you were doing at the beginning. No, no, no. It's um. 
it's not split apart like that. They're they're two strings together. Oh, I see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gotcha. It's two frets up. I see. Uh huh. Right. Okay. That's it. That's the shape. Yeah. Okay. Well. And then that goes down in tones. And when you hear it on the album, it, it's good, it's very easy to work out where that is on the guitar. Yeah, that'll all make sense. Just having the tuning and stuff too. There are a couple of others, but those are also one of the other ones is uh, you know the Hard Day's Night chord. Uh huh. Uh, that's one of the other intermediate chords that's oh. played on the D right up at the top. Uh huh. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got to show this to a friend of mine. He'll flip out. He'll dig it. He likes open tuning things too a lot. Well, I never used it before, uh-huh. and uh, I tried it on, and so many songs came out. I mean, Train Running Low is ludicrously simple to play. Yeah. You just you just put your uh, bar on the G position, uh-huh. and then using that shape I showed you for Rain of Blows, which is the you you play a two frets up, and you play on, on the on the A on the yeah on the G string on the D string. Uh-huh. And then you. You you flick those over so that it goes onto the B string and the G string. So it goes um, da 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 da. You go across uh-huh. that shape across the strings. Oh, uh-huh. in the same position in G. Yeah, yeah, Have you got yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Try it. Let me see. Just a second. I gotta pick it up again. I was just envisioning it in my head. It's difficult with the phone. <laughs> okay, so we're on. You the start G. with the G. Right, and then on the D string and the G. Yeah. Are they both on the same fret? Yep. Two up? Yep. Right. And then you move it over so they're on the B and the G string. Right. I'm picking them up back to the bar though, right? Yep. In between. Yep. That's it. And it's at that train speed, so it goes... Yeah. Does it start open or...? Yep. Starts open? Well, it starts on the G. Yep. And you play it at a railway speed and you get a very sort of, you get a shuffly kind of That's train. That's great. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is a train song. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Okay, no more guitar lessons today because I'm going to bore you stiff. I like them, though. It's great. It's neat seeing really how simple a lot of things are. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't, I mean, some of the songs are just, you know, my dog could have played them. Right, right, I, I know, I know. Cause They're probably better than me. <laughs> No, I know, because a lot of times you think something's really weird and you put it on the record and you learn it and you go, that's only using two fingers, you know? Exactly, yeah. 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 It, those are the best things usually, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wake Up is like two chords. Yeah? Basically. You know, that guitar thing at the start. Yeah, I really, I like that song a lot. I thought, that's a Colin song, correct? That's right, yeah. Right. I, the first time I heard it, I didn't even notice it was him. I thought that was you singing. No, that that's him. Yeah, well, then when I came back and listened to the record again, I go, oh, wait a minute, that's not that's not him. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm I'm crashing away on the guitars, the forward and the backward guitar. Yeah. His yeah. uh, also on that uh, the new EP that you guys put out, the three song thing. Yeah. His song on that is is really interesting too. Oh, you... Wash Away. That's yeah, an yeah. open tuning as well. Is it? Yep. Yeah, Wash Away. It sounds like he's kind of. Reverting back to his old singing style a little bit on it. Yeah, this is sort of a bit more fun, sort of exuberant. Yeah, that's yeah. very easy. You put your finger on the the, the E at the at the octave mm-hmm. in open E tuning. Yeah, and then you add on the A string. You add the first fret up, and then you add the second fret up. On the D. Uh, oh, no, it's on the A string. Oh, just on the A. So it goes jan 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 jan. So jan, you got jan, a jan, jan 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 jan. You have a bar across the whole. Uh, across the whole lot, and then you add. On the twelfth fret. Yeah, and uh-huh. then you add on the A string. Okay. Yeah. Then you move it to the B and do the same process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Did he write that line? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, he he caught the bug off me. He's been picking up your guitars. He was picking up my guitar and saying, hey, it's a great tuning. I just say, it's E, and he'd say, hey, this is great. And he'd take it home and, <laughs> and come and come back with a song, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. Uh, well, um, anyway, let's stop with the guitar lessons. <laughs> Enough of this. Well, you should have done a sort of face-to-face interview and brought a guitar with you. We could have gone through the whole album. I wish I, I, wish I could have. I would love to go through a, a couple of the albums, in fact. Are you in New York? I could show you my versions of all your songs. Are you sure you had to do them properly? Yeah, you could tell me how to do them right. Are you in New York? No, I'm in L.A. Oh, which is a shame, because you could have come over and I could have I got a 
few days, you could have, I could have showed you. I would have loved to. God, I would have showed you how I play senses and let you tell me what I'm doing wrong. Oh, do you know how to do the intro? Although, yeah, I think I do. Idiot, I mean, simple. I, I mean, play it, but the, the notes are right, but it seems like a really inhuman way to play a song. Right, it's, it's in normal tuning. Right. Here, wait, let me get the guitar. Hold on just a sec. Okay. <laughs> let me get back to normal. Okay, I'm back. Right, now I've got to envisage this in my head. It's tricky with that guitar. Where are you doing that? Okay, I'm doing it... I have sort of a bar, but not really, on the fourth fret. That's where my one finger is. Mm, no, it's... Uh, what strings are you on? I'm on the D and the G. The D and the G. Yeah, but you have to use... Or you can use all the other... You can let the other strings ring in sympathy. Try it on the A-sharp position. Okay... So, oh, I see. Let's see, wait, I gotta get that. That note's gotta be there too. Oh, I see. Okay, wait, now. It, it sounds as if you're making it too difficult. What you have to do is just, the first shape is, um, the first shape is, um. Okay, like first finger on, on the B string, fourth fret? Uh, first finger on the D string. Okay. On, um... Fifth, sixth fret? Uh, six, is it? Could be. That's like A-sharp, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, A-sharp sort of position. Right, right. And then the... Um, I'll use my little finger next. Right. Or whatever finger you want to. That goes on the G string, two frets up. Right. Oh, I see, but then you hit an open B string? And you can let the others ring. I see. And then you invert the shape so it goes the other way. Uh, okay, do I want the G string to ring too, though? If you want, yeah. Okay, when I open it? Um, no, uh, da, 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 no, you don't really open it. Oh, <laughs> I get you. Oh, all right, I got it. That is so simple. Okay, now what's the next position for the next part? Um, is it B flat? Um, or is it B? I can't, shit, I can't remember that guitar in front okay, of my well, face. I, I remember how I used to do. Let me see. What is that? Is that like a B flat? Yeah, it's a G flat, no? Yeah. Uh, G flat. Uh, uh, hang on. Um, G flat, and I've got a, uh, and a D flat with it. It's not the same shape. The second one isn't the same shape. It's it's a sort of a bar chord, a simple bar chord. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Try B and E. Okay. B B flat. No B. Try B. Is it B? No no no. Shit, it's not. Hang on. I, I can't see it with that guitar. Any case, that's the intro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any more you want to know, I'll just yell them out. All right. Well, listen, why don't I get on a plane? <laughs> I'll bring my guitar with me. I'll bring one for you, too. All right. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's cool. That That's great, just seeing the intro, because, like, I used to do this big stretch on it, which is pretty much doing, it's doing the, the same exact notes that, that you do, but in a different way. Mm. Oh, I, I'm, I am quite lazy. It's, it's got to be easy for me to play. Yeah. To play it. Well, <laughs> it doesn't always sound like that. Especially David! On. Uh, can you hang on a tick? Sure. Hang on. <clears throat> Alright, Tim. Yeah. Hang on, sorry. I'll be straight back. Okay.
<clears throat> yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, anyway, so who's in town with you anyway? Anybody or? Oh, I'm just I just came over on my own. Did you? Nobody yeah, else? Yeah, they, they say send him, he's the one with the big mate. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, just doing some business stuff? That's right, I'm just interviewing um, mainly about, you know, with this album coming out, I'm guessing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it got in stores yesterday out here. Oh, great. So I'm going to have to talk really fast. I hate to, to... I've got about ten minutes before I've got to go off and do something else. Okay. I know well, it sounds silly. That's okay. Well, let's try to finish your history. Sure, I'll, I'll talk really quickly. And then I want to get to the new album a little bit. Right, well, let's do the new album, because, I mean, that's, I think, I'm more or less... Okay, I could fake the history. I already know it anyway. I think that was all the early, sort of, relevant early stuff. Yeah, that's true. I was... L let's see, there's a couple other things. Um, Like, the boat goes down 10 feet tall single. Oh, yeah. I wanted to just discuss a little bit of... Uh, Sure, the great Lost XTC single. Yeah, how that went down. It <laughs> really did go down. I mean, nobody touched it. They never played it on the radio anywhere in England, so nobody knew it existed, and it, it sort of died. But for years, that was like my favorite XTC song. Yeah, it's a, it's a great single. It wasn't released in America as a single, though. No, Ten Feet Tall came out. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. Okay, I was just curious what, what happened there. Well, the electric version of Ten Feet Tall came out. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, listen, how about... um. We can skip this other stuff. Why don't you go out o o over a little bit of your freak-out period? <laughs> freak-out period? Yeah. <laughs> like the tour, that the, the non-tour. Yeah, yeah, go on. Well, just What tell happened? Me. Yeah, I mean, I was in L.A. waiting in line to go see you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I've done this one a lot, actually. I'll, 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 I'll uh, try and compact, answer just, it compactly. Yeah, do it real brief. Um, I don't like touring. And uh, mm -hmm. touring in general seemed to be sort of getting on top of me in a big way. Mm -hmm. uh, I just started getting very sort of, I felt pressured by continuous touring. And I mean, come uh, English settlement onwards, I sort of had it in my head that I didn't want to tour. Yeah. Um, and I think we've, since we've come off the road, we've actually done our best stuff. I don't know whether that's coincidental or what. Yeah. But... Um, I, I just, we, we'd done a lot of touring and it, I, I got to, I, I collapsed in, in France, I hadn't been eating properly and I was getting very phobic about audiences and I just sort of collapsed that pure fright on stage in, in France. Uh -huh. My legs just gave out and I just blacked out. And that really scared me because I'd, I'd um, had some other strange sort of, uh, like a, a real weird crack up in America on a very long tour in 80 something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, God, it's happening again, you know. Wow. And um, I, I'd decided I was maybe not crazy after all, and agreed to do this tour of the States, and uh, actually got really petrified by the thought of people just seeing me. I, I sort of get very, well, I suppose, phobic, really. Was L.A. like the first gig you were to do? No, or? it was the second one. We did one the previous night, which was sheer hell for Wh me. Where was that at? Uh, that was in... Uh, I can't remember. San yeah. Francisco? No, no. No, it was lower than L.A. Yeah, San Fran. Lower Fran down. San Fran was next. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I was on stage and I virtually, I couldn't remember how to play the guitar properly. Jesus. And um, so I was absolutely petrified. I had terrible pains. I, I, just my nervous system was just going wild. and I felt like somebody had run a car over me. I just was in great pain. And I thought, oh, that's, that's it, I'm going crazy. You know, I can't, uh, the, the pressure's really getting to me. And I yeah. thought this must be like, you know, what happens to other people when you hear they've gone crazy on the road. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, well, hell, I, I don't enjoy doing it in any case, so I'm going to sort of implant myself in the studio. Yeah. And uh, implant myself in the studio and, and, and concentrate on studio things, which I think I do much better. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you guys decided to s stick around I, at least. Yeah, well, I think if, if we were forced to continue touring, I would have split the band just to have escaped and got my sanity back. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you would have had to. Yeah, exactly. Either that or you'd be I, thought it be, I thought it was going to be move over, Brian, give me some of that sandbox. <laughs> yeah, Brian is gone. I've seen him do some interviews recently, and he's gone. Oh, shit. You still there? Yep. Shit, I lost you for a minute. I'm losing my connection. Okay, anyway, um, how about Terry's leaving? Oh, he... <clears throat> well, he, he was basically disgusted with me that I didn't want to talk. Oh, um, sounds like Straight from America, I came back and I, I went to a psychiatrist and hypnotist and all this sort of stuff uh, to try and get me sorted out. And he went straight to Australia where he had a girlfriend. And uh, uh, she got pregnant. Uh, 
had a baby, yeah. and he became a dad, and they decided to get married, and all this sort of stuff. And we we managed to get coax him back to rehearse for Mama. And we did two tracks with him. We did Beating of Hearts. Uh-huh. No, well, three tracks. We did Beating of Hearts, Wonderland, and the Toy Song. Mm-hmm. And um, then we started to rehearse to do the rest of the album properly. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't grasp the songs for some reason. His mind was not on it. He yeah. was really not thinking about it. And he just came in one day, and, and we started playing, and he just... He was just so bad, and he just put his sticks down and said, Look, I, don't, I can't do this anymore, I've got to leave. And he gave a long list of excuses. I mean, there were things like, I don't like the songs, I don't like the way they're going acoustic. Yeah. Um, I felt it was struggling, because we, I mean, we got no, we've had no financial reward, really. Yeah. Uh, I made my first profit last week. What? Right, from 77 till now, I made some money last week. <laughs> Did you go blow it immediately? Well, I got very drunk. That's good. <laughs> uh, um, but he said he was sick of struggling, and uh, and he, he had this this new kid, you know, and yeah. his wife didn't want to live in England, and he had to really go and live in Australia and be with them. So yeah. it was, he, he, was, he was, didn't like not touring, because he just, he hated being in the studio. Oh, are you kidding? No. Wow. Uh, he, he just liked kind of going around the world so he could see various bars the world over and <laughs> smashed out of his brain because he, he was a sort of latent Keith Moon. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's fair. At least the drinking part. Yeah. Um, is Me in the Wind about what I think it's about? About touring. No. No, good, right, because somebody else asked me that. No. I said, no, no, it's not about touring. I mean, to me, it seems like it's obviously about Terry. No. No? Not, not even that, no. It's basically about... Uh, well, it's, it's, it's to, to be to be bland about it, it's about when you finish with somebody, there's an enormous hole. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, you don't know whether you're glad it's, it's finished or you don't know whether you're yeah. sad it's finished. You just have a hole. That's, yeah, that's why I thought it was about Terry. <laughs> it, I mean, you could use it. You could you, use you Terry for it. You mentioned snare strings and... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, you could use Terry for it, but it's just like when something right. big is over okay. and there's an enormous hole. We've cleared it's that up. That it's about that hole. We've cleared up that evil rumor that I was about to start. <laughs> you were going to start a rumor? Yeah. Oh, you, there's plenty of rumors going around. Some is great there? ones. I'm dead, according to some... A radio show did a, 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 in the States, they did an obituary show. You're kidding. No, because they said I was dead. Oh, no. you just like Paul, then. Well, yeah, I've become Paul, yeah. They, they, they did this obituary show, and they played a lot of our tracks back-to-back very reverently without speaking <laughs> in between. And, uh, and uh, they claimed it was such a shame I died so young and all this. I, know, I always thought Colin was Paul. Uh, I think he was when because ba- Barry used to be John, <laughs> but now I bought some spectacles, so I've become John. Uh, <laughs> you know, they assumed I was dead, and well, it was actually it was addressed to Virgin Records, and it was very accusationary, saying, uh, "Come on, we want to know what lunatic asylum he's in. We know he's not really died, and we're hiding him away." So then I turned into Sid Barrett for a few months, and, and people were writing saying, can we go and see him? What lunatic asylum is he in? Yeah, because we want to record him and have him do his weirdest album. That's right. <laughs> oh, so God. there's some, some very strange rumors have been going on. Yeah, I guess so. Jeez. Okay, well, listen, um, why don't we get to the Big Express? All right. I need to hear about this record. Right. I've listened to it about, about five times already, and that's not Oh, you've enough. got the album? Yeah, I've heard it about five times, and right. I still need more because I'm not sure what it is yet. <laughs> No, I mean, that's typical for me. Every time I get your records, I, it takes ten listens. Well, it's good because, I mean, do you know, I used to, I was such a big Beatles fan. I used to buy their albums, mm-hmm. and I invariably hate it the first time I heard it. Sure, sure. Because it was a mixture of absolute joy and absolute... I couldn't grasp what they'd done. Yeah, yeah. And I used to hate it because I basically I hated myself for, for not being able to grasp it immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I used to do that with all my favorite bands. Oh, sure. All the best records that I've ever even got into has been that way. The mm. first time I heard Birds of Fire, the Marvish New Orchestra, I, I just said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but it gives you a tingle. Yeah, yeah. As long as you've got that tingle, as long as you say this is the stupidest thing and it gives you a tingle. Yeah, there's something that makes you put it on again. That's right. But if you say this is the stupidest thing and you don't get the tingle, that's when you've got to take it straight down the record exchange. (laughs) Yeah. Get your money back and get the new John Wade album. (laughs) (laughs) Then for sure you won't get a tingle. (laughs) 
But anyway, um, let's see, as far as the album, it seems like a, a lot thicker sound to me than the last two. Mm. Um, maybe because of the keyboards, I'm not sure. You guys are getting I, I think a lot of it's to do with the electric guitar. I mean, it makes that, a lot... That, that's what I was going to say, too. You guys are getting some electric sounds that are really yeah, well, uh, big. no acoustic guitars on this album, and it's, it's virtually all electric guitar and piano, mostly. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, the electric guitars have knee tuning, and it tends to ring a lot. And so it's it's... I just wanted to make a boisterous record. I didn't yeah. want to make uh, do anything more that was sort of introvert. Yeah, yeah. And I just want, it had to go kind of, you know, Ted Nugent said it, I just had to go, rawr! <laughs> so it's, I suppose it's our version of that. Yeah, well, you and Ted have always been kind of, you know... Close. Yeah, in a way, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Small Town. Mm. Really like it. Um, it seems to me to harken back a bit more to some of your, like, say, Black Sea-type pop. I think so. I mean, basically back to being a guitar combo. Yeah. And, uh... Well, a lot of the songs are still guitars on the album, but it doesn't seem to go back there for me. Mm. That's the only one, but... I mean, just in a real reminiscent kind of way. Uh, I, possibly the subject matter as well. Um, somebody told me that you've, you've written a song that the move should have written. Uh-huh. And, uh... It, it was basically... Actually, the song started about Colin being a milkman, because Colin used to be a milkman in Swindon. Oh, yeah? And um, <laughs> and he, he got the sack because he stole a load of milk checks, you know. And he uh. thinks you're supposed to leave out for milk instead of leaving money out. <laughs> and but I started writing this song about Colin being a milkman. After about 20 different drafts of lyrics, he was no longer in the song, and it was sort of more or less ended up about the town singing about itself. Uh-huh. So it, it's it's really about, you know, average still. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and things that go on. So it's sort of about the town singing about itself. It's a really nice song. What's the fade in the middle for? Um, I was confused where to take it, so I wanted to get rid of it and start again. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the kazoos are only on it because on a demo I did, I couldn't, I, you know, I didn't have a brass band or anything. Uh-huh. And I said, look, where the kazoos parts are, I'd like some brass. Uh-huh. And when we did it, Dave said, look, this really sounds wrong now without the kazoo. Why don't we go and put some kazoos on it? <laughs> so we had to put them back on, you know, when we did it properly. Um, you guys did a kazoo track. Yeah, all three of us stood there blasting away. That's cool. Um, the the actual tune was written, my wife was going to write a soap opera uh-huh. about a supermarket. Yeah. And we were going to call it Prices. Uh-huh. And I wrote a theme for it even before she'd written the script. I mean, she dropped the idea. <laughs> so I'd already written the theme song, which went da 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 so on. Yeah. And so I thought, ah, she's a good tune, I don't want to throw it away. So I used it in the song about the town. Uh-huh. So it really is two songs welded together. I see. Yeah, it's a really nice song, I like it a lot. Um, also on the album, it seems like you've got some pretty weird titles, too. Like, You're the Wish You Are I Had. Yeah, well that started off as... That started off as that, and then I played as a band, and I said, that's a really confusing title, so it changed to You're the Wish. Right. And then as we rehearsed it, we used to call it Wish. Hey, let's do Wish. Uh-huh. And then it was that for a while, and then I thought, shit, no, it doesn't sort of, it doesn't tell it like it is, so yeah. it got changed back to the original title. I like it. It, it gives, us, well, not just that song, but the titles give a, a kind of a weird continuity to the album, because they're all kind of weird word plays. Mm. Shake you donkey up, seagull screaming, kisser kisser. They all seem. It, it, I bought myself a liar bird. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. seem like it's kind of a line between the titles, even in a way. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to. I want. I always want to try and explain what I mean in a song and kind of the titles. For me, I know it gets a bit stupid, but the longer the title, the more you can get yeah, explanation out. Yeah. More you can tell. I mean, just saying, wish wouldn't be as, as explanatory as you're the wish you are. I heard. Yeah. What do you guys have planned for a single, do you do you know? Uh, All You Pretty Girls is out in England right now. Uh-huh. Um, what about the States? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, I know that in England they're going to bring out this world over as well. I was going to say, that is, that would be an excellent single. Mm. That That is, I don't know, it sounds to me like it could go over here, but who fucking knows anyway. Mm. <laughs> um... What, um, what was like the general feeling going on for this record with you guys? as far as, you know, how things had gone in the past and stuff? Uh, it was a lot more fun to make than Mama. Yeah? It was a lot more fun. I mean, not the same situation. Steve and I was not there. He was a rather grumpy individual, yeah. which made it difficult to work with. And uh, it was more exuberant, you know. We wanted to make a more exuberant record, and I, I think we had it... It was just our 
atmosphere at the time when I think we sort of converted it quite well, you know, electric guitars and sort of boisterous songs. Yeah, yeah. Shaky Donkeys, sort of yeah, XTC yeah. doing a R&B hoedown. <laughs> yeah, it's a sort of a hoe-up. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it is. In fact, that was one of the. There was a joke title for the album that went around for for a while. It was tremolo down, <laughs> uh, you know, as in the guitar effect. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I think we sort of converted the exuberance in, into plastic. Okay, in much the same way as I think, we, hopefully, we converted the sort of introvert thing that I think I felt around the time of Mummer. Oh yeah. Oh, that was an excellent album too. Hmm. Too bad nobody got to hear it. No, it's well, well. Yeah. Well, that's typical. <laughs> Um, how about the title of the album? Where'd you guys get that? Big Express. Uh, well, it started off hundreds of things. It actually started off as a, a thing called Hard Blue Rayhead, mm-hmm. which we thought was a good title. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for the sake of the words, you know, nice words. And then it became the son of Hard Blue Rayhead because it changed so much as we were rehearsing and playing. Uh-huh. And then it became the bastard son of Hard Blue Rayhead because <laughs> it changed quite a lot. Uh, and then we, we thought, no, we don't want to call it that at all. We'll call it Coalface because that's a great expression. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we didn't like that at all, and then for a while it was tremolo down, and then... Uh, and I, I really wanted to put a railway wheel and use railway imagery mm-hmm. on it, and so the Big Express is really um, a way of saying, you know, it's expression. Mm-hmm. It's the big expression, as in the big sleep, or the big case, whatever. It's the Big Express. Yeah. It's our expression. Yeah. But also, I really wanted a railway wheel, because Swindon's like uh, an old railway town. Uh-huh, yeah. It shocked me to see the cover. I just go, what? What is this? Yeah. In fact, I encouraged the man who actually did the cut of the record to scribe in the record, Bastard Son of Hard Blue Rayhead, on the run group. He didn't do it, though. He did. He did? It should be on there. Really? It's not on mine. Really? I looked at the run-out groove, too. Oh, it is on the English version. Oh, uh, maybe that's it. Ah, uh, maybe they use different master over here. Yeah, who knows. That's but too bad I'll have to get an import, then. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did it. I said, um... He said, was it always called this? I said, no, it used to be called the Bastard Son of Hard Blue Rayhead, so he went and scratched it in with a scribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I've got to see that. <laughs> um, Dave's part on the album seems to be pretty greatly expanded. There's a lot more keyboards and stuff. Well, he's the biggest musician in the band. He's the best musician. Yeah. So it sort of falls on him to um, not flesh out, but... Because he's the best musician, and you got something in your head, and you say, "Well, it really should be a piano, a la Brubeck or something." I mean, if I sit at the piano, it doesn't sound like Brubeck. <laughs> you know, you get more of a koto shoved into a blender, say, <laughs> or, uh, or Ringo so, playing in C. Yeah, like Ringo, like Ringo plays the piano. I'm right. <laughs> so you know, you can say to him, uh, and he's good enough to be able to play like that. So it's it's great. It's like having your own resident session man. You know. Yeah, yeah, he does some great stuff on the album. I was really impressed. At with what he did especially mm. um, you should tell him that from me so right I will because uh, he's, he's uh, you know any any praise I'll whiz it on to him <laughs> okay uh, let's see but he's, he's good because he uh, so, okay you guys gotta go or? yep okay let me ask you a few silly questions that I gotta get really quick um, what's your favorite Haley movie oh Whistle Down the Wind okay. no, or possibly possibly The Family Way yeah what she was at a really She's very tasty age. Yeah, and you have to love the bathroom scene where she's, or the bathtub scene where she's taking a bath. Oh, I just think she's, she just, I had a terrible crush on her. Yeah, well, you have to. <laughs> she was so pure. Yeah, she was incredible. She was the greatest. Um, is Helicopter about Haley Mills? My sister tells me it is. <laughs> she, she thinks that you're saying, oh, Haley. And she knows for sure that it's about I think him. the Japanese lyrics had that written in. Really? Because, well, I don't know, they, they, they invent their own things, the Japanese. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's not particularly about, about Haley Mills. It was sort of inspired by a really uh, tatty advert that Lego used to run in a British magazine. Yeah. Uh, where it showed a couple of young boys flying above Legoland with jetpacks <laughs> on. And I thought, God, I always wanted to be like that when I grew up, you know, yeah. zooming over Legoland with my jetpack on. <laughs> uh, so it was sort of written about that, and uh, uh, I don't know, you could make it about Haley Mills if I, you want. I'll tell her it is then. <laughs> I think she wants it to be. I think she's great. <laughs> she was pretty certain. <laughs> okay, um, a friend wanted me to ask you, if you were going to write a story about three big ducks, what would they do? What would they do? Yeah. The story of three big ducks. Uh, is this a standard question that everyone gets? Yeah, yeah, pretty much everybody that I've run into. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can say anything. It doesn't matter. Right, if I was going to write a story about three big ducks, what would I have them do? They could fly above Legoland if they want. Um, I'd have them fund the IRA. <laughs> okay. And live with the guilt for the rest of their lives. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, I guess that's about it then. Okay, right, I must run too. We've got it all. Um, I was wondering, could I get your mailing address? Because I want you to hear my band. Okay, well, if you send if you send it to Virgin in London, they send me a pack of mail like once a week. Oh, okay. And everything gets to me. Oh, okay, good. Well, then I'll do that. Because okay. I'd like you to hear our record. Sure. Well, anyway, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for the lesson, too. Oh, well, uh, it's a pity you, you don't live here, because you could have brought your guitar around and we could have done the whole lot if you want. Well, we will. Learn them all. Next time you're in L.A., we'll, we'll get together and I'll show you a few things. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure a few of... of uh, Loads of people pointing the watches. Must run. <laughs> okay. All, right. All right, thanks, Andy. See you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> 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 <coughs>